perfect picture Pictures ain't my thing But I could put a story in your head And open up your eyes So listen close This one is for my brothers, sisters, cousins All humans alike Let's take a second to remind ourselves To keep you humble And if my brother should fall Our sisters have a stumble Pick you back up Life's a mind speed A sore spot We're still just trying to figure it out Before I die Okay, so we're uh, we're back once again with the Juby Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam, and uh, today we have a special guest, uh, someone who uh, resides in Vegas but is visiting in Phoenix, Arizona. Tor Hadeen, Trevor. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, he's a really uh, old friend of mine. Known each other basically our whole lives. You know, been best friends ever since we were young. So uh, today we're gonna. Talk a little bit about Vegas. Tours from Vegas or lives in Vegas currently, and we all have had our little ties to Vegas. I think everyone has. Um, right. Yeah. We we moved uh, from Oregon to Las Vegas. Oh yeah. To escape the the tyranny that that Oregon has become. <laughs> the tyranny. And uh, so it's yeah it's it's one of those things where uh, living in Vegas especially moving from Oregon is a real change. Very, yeah. very much so. So tour. Okay. What brought you to Vegas? Work. My, uh, my girlfriend's sister lived down here. Uh, she had a job with a pyro pyro effects company. And she basically said, Hey, if you want to move down here, you can join us at this company and, uh, and learn some stuff. And she knew a guy that, that, Used to be a DJ, and I've always wanted to learn that art, but I've never had an opportunity to do too. So there's a possible chance that I could uh, learn that as well when I came down. I mean, who's going to say no to a pyrotechnic job? I mean, I just, it just sounds cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've never done anything like that before? Nope, not at all. All right. Yeah. So that's got to be an interesting first day. They don't really let you do a lot, I wouldn't think, on your first day. When you've got stuff blowing up and send the new guy over there and let's see if that one works. Yeah, exactly. It was mostly just shop work at first. So, you know, just moving, moving things around, making sure stuff stays clean. Uh, It was a slow introduction to it. And actually the first day I was there, uh, I just walked in and started working with them. They just asked my name and said hi to me. And at the end of the day, they gave me paperwork. There's going. no interview or anything. It was just well, pretty okay, fantastic. Uh, sounds like the first day you were just a janitor anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't so, much to talk about. So, uh, okay. So from there, you work on a lot of the shows on the Strip, I'm guessing. Occasionally. Um, what other pyrotechnic stuff is there in <laughs> Vegas? I, I do, did a lot of shows out at Moapa, the, um, the, the Native American land that's there. Okay. There's a local tribe down there. They're super nice. I, I actually love working down there for them, but uh, they do big firework shows. Um, they'll have one coming up here on uh, the 4th. They're really fun out there. And you, you set up the, the music playlist basically that the fireworks go off to yeah now i do i i have been involved with uh setting up the shows and uh, i've even done a couple uh hand fire shows as well hand fire shows yeah so okay. instead of a uh, explanation there so uh, a lot of shows nowadays that are electronic so it's all synced to the music and the entertainment going on but a hand fire show is you you've got a road flare 
uh, you run up and you uh, you try to hit them on cue. <laughs> okay, a road flare. So you, you, they don't give you some really fun name for this uh, this lighting apparatus. It's the just a the torch of destiny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would think that in the industry there would be something other than yeah, just use a road flare. It's but a road flare. That's very simple. Back that's nice. <laughs> That sounds like it'd be fun. I think naming is the, the last thing that you're thinking about when you're in the middle of one of those shows. <laughs> I would think. Just hoping blow up. I, no, I, yeah, I've had, um, there are times where, I remember one in particular where I went up and I uh, I hit one, I turned around, walked away like you're supposed to, and I hear three shots go up behind me. Oh, it uh, Because the embers, they'll just, just they'll come down and set reaction. things off randomly and... Uh, I've seen um, a couple of shows that weren't hand fired where it flower potted, which is basically blow up the mortar, and that's that's the biggest danger you're in when you're hand firing those because you're right up next to them. Yeah. Okay, so there are fun names involved, with <laughs> flower potting and yep. Oh yeah, and things like that. So, okay, so you uh, you go to work for this company and you you come to Vegas and you you blow things up, and uh, so you mentioned the DJ thing so were you able to get involved in that yes um the uh the guy who worked at this company i work for uh left the company and uh basically rebooted his old company which part of it included mobile djing and from working with him uh i had become great friends with him all of us had and he offered to to bring me into uh to his company his rebooting of it now you had background because you went to school for musical engineering correct yes okay so you kind of already had a big background in being able to uh do that kind of stuff yeah i'd worked with audio um i'd worked a little bit in the studio back down in oregon um but uh live live audio is something i'd never done and this was one opportunity opportunity to get into that and also learn uh djing as well because like i said he i think he said he was 14 when he first started and uh he put himself through college with it and he's got some great stories about underground raves back in the day where he had all his equipment on wheels and like a chain so he could pull it out if the police came in time oh man (laughs) because uh you know they okay i guess they would kick everyone out and lock the doors and anything left in there they would basically confiscate so he had to get all his yeah, shit out and get out fast man hey you do what you gotta do so he grew up on uh vinyl and cassettes and cds and they'll change through each of those the golden age of djing yeah know, absolutely i guess yeah i wonder if any of those people that listened back then are still alive are you That's- happy you don't have to deal with that with vinyl? Yeah. I, I really want to learn vinyl. <laughs> I mean, okay, wait a minute here. I've got to cut in. How do you learn vinyl? It's, well, you put the needle down <laughs> and then it tracks in the groove going around. It's more so there's, than that. There it's, is? it's just a different feel. I'm from the land of vinyl. <laughs> I mean, most And most... That's, that's all we did was, <laughs> you know, unless, you know, my father, God rest his soul, was, uh, very good at, at setting it down and dragging it across a couple of the grooves before he let it go. So he ruined every record he ever played. <laughs> but other than that, so, okay, there there is difference. Then There's a lot of difference between actually, you know, doing the vinyl. I find it interesting that we couldn't wait to get away from records. We couldn't wait to get away from vinyl. So we went to tape. And I remember reel-to-reel. I had friends that had reel-to-reel tapes. <laughs> 
you know, they had the, the high end stuff. I think everything comes down to, you know, when it comes to that, everything wants to get smaller, Just saving space, you know, saving, right. Saving room. You know, I remember the mini cassette recorders. Yep. That was, that was an exciting time. And then of course going to CD. Oh yeah. And the I've, cleaner sound, you're no longer touching it. So, you know, now it's just it, light is reading the, the, the music. So you can have, you know, cause you can only have a record for so long. Oh. If you played it, every time you played it, you, you wore it down. Yeah. You were ruining it every time you played it. You know, now it's everything is, is digital, right? It's the same every time. Well, even the, even the vinyl, there's a digital vinyl now. Which uh, which makes it so you have your whole electronic playlist in your computer that is still be able you can still access it while playing vinyl records, so it, it transfers those songs to the vinyl to the vinyl. So it plays it through the vinyl, but it's a digital. Song. Yes. So you you get the turntable, you get the feel of the motorized platters, you get a little bit of vinyl sound, but you have access to your entire library still wow without having to you know bring crates with now, you would you want to get into like the scratching part of it I yes mean, that's part of it right yes i've DJ. i've started to scratch a little bit on controllers but um i've i've played around a little bit on motorized platters and it's just it's a different feel and i really enjoy that feel too which is why i want to move over to it eventually yeah it's been well, uh interesting or i've recently watched uh the get down on netflix <laughs> and it has some pretty cool you know in in-depth scenes of djing and, and growing in that up in that kind of age and how when you had to learn vinyl and flipping you know them over and moving them back and forth i'm sure there's a lot more to it back then oh yeah yeah no there's a lot of what old school people would say are crutches nowadays with uh technology oh yeah well yeah. absolutely to my point earlier, it seems like, you know, we couldn't wait to get away from these things and onto the new technologies. And then as in all things, we start pining for the past and well, we got to get back to vinyl because vinyl is, is the true sound, right? You know, no, it's not. It's somebody sitting in the corner <laughs> playing a guitar. That's the true sound. Right. But it's, it's, it's funny how that goes in cycles, you know, where we can't wait to get away from things and then we want to go back, you know, that that historical factor, that nostalgic factor of, yeah, of, of that kind of stuff. So clubs, but, clubs right now are still having a hard time getting over uh, CDJs and making you either bring CDs or flash drives, uh, as opposed to what uh, laptops. Um, okay, uh, there's there's a new uh, there's a new system out, a Denon system, which which incorporates all the hot cues that you get on controllers with um the setup of cdjs so it kind of combines the best of both worlds and there's a few places starting to switch over to that is that what you would prefer i really can could not answer that okay not enough experience with uh no not with the the bigger systems i i'd like to i i've got some opportunity coming up here to uh, get my hands on them which i'm excited about Lots to do. So the land of DJs. So going back to kind of what we were touching on, you know, moving away from Oregon and moving to Southern Nevada and living in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did that around 1990. <laughs> and the the town was... I've heard it's, it's expanded a little bit more since, uh, since then. Yeah. <laughs> 
tremendous. No, no, it wasn't 90. It was 98. Yeah, it was, it was 97. Yeah, it was much later than that. I was not two. Well, you one. were two at one time, but just not when I moved to Vegas. Correct. <laughs> okay, so at that time, Vegas was growing amazingly. It just was exploding. It's it's like you know Phoenix and and Las Vegas were the two fastest growing areas in the country because it's desert. So it's the the property is just there. Yep. Nobody's doing anything with it. You just start pushing further and further out. The subdivisions were going up so fast. It's just it was climbing up the hill, you know, because Las Vegas is in a bowl. So as you go to the west, you're on an incline out towards uh, Red yeah. Rock Canyon. And so things were growing tremendously, but the opportunity that was there, I mean, you could go out in an hour and find a job. If you weren't working in Vegas, it's because you didn't want to work because you could find a job anywhere. But one of the things that I noticed, and I want to ask you, I loved going to Vegas on a vacation. So when I lived there, one of the things that I would do is... If I was having a bad day or if I wanted to go out one night or just for whatever reason, I would go down to the strip or I'd go to a casino and I'm on vacation. (laughs) I would use the town that way. And so many people that I talk to there, you know, anybody I think that's been there more than six months calls himself a local because nobody's been there more than six months. (laughs) But, you know, the conversations were, no, I'd never go down there. You know, I, I don't go on the strip. You know, I don't go to casinos. I don't. It's like, okay, that's important to tell somebody. I live in Vegas, but I don't live in the Vegas that the everybody pe- knows about. People know and people go and visit. And that's why they're there is to be in a sin city, be in, you know, a party town where you're going to go crazy and, you know, nothing leaves Vegas. You know, everything's left behind. So it's, uh, yeah. So do you, Tor, do you any, anything like that? Do you? I'm one of those people that that I don't go down the strip unless I'm working basically for one it takes me I'm at the very very edge of uh, basically the house is kind of out towards Red Rocks where you're talking about and so it's a 40 minute drive to get down there I've been there I've stayed with you yes but yeah yeah you're up by Red Rock uh, Casino and you know which is Summerlin basically out in that area very nice. And there are some really nice areas, you know, it's, you know, there's some great subdivisions. Everything is new because, you know, there's North Las Vegas. There's some areas over there that are kind of seedy and have been around for, for <laughs> quite a while, but you go to Henderson, uh, you go to the, the East side of town or anything on the West side of town, you know, these, these are all nice, big, huge homes. So place you would actually want to live and reside in. Yeah. You know, I mean, which is, I think, what people don't think Vegas as a town that you just, you would want to go live in unless you're part of that scene, you know, unless you're a DJ or, you know, you're waitress or, you know, any other profession you would, you would find on the strip or, you know, right. down in a casino. A lot of people that work at the casinos. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. But I always found that it was fun. You know, I didn't have to get on a plane. I didn't have to you know, drive eight hours or, or whatever. I could, you know, drive 20 minutes and I'm in one of the most fun places in the world. And whether it's just people watching or wandering around or gambling a little bit or going to a show, uh, the entertainment that you can see there. Yes. No, there, there are some great shows there. I have actually, I say I don't go down the strip unless I'm working, but, um, because of the industry I'm in, 
there are opportunities to go see shows because I can get free tickets for it because we've, you know, we've done a favor for one of the, like the lighting director that's putting on the show. So he, he comes back to us and he's like, do you want to come in some night and watch the show? So there have been a few shows that I've caught that have been really fun. Well, and that's, that's great. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, having access to that, again, that's kind of like what I was saying is enjoying the opportunities that Vegas affords you. It, it's different than living somewhere else. Yes. I mean, even with, uh, with, I think the closest thing to the Vegas experience that I've gotten was I used to uh, cash my paychecks at Red Rocks Casino. And when you, when you do that, they actually give you a wheel to spin. You can win prizes. You get a free drink. And uh, so we've, you know, won some two-for-one buffets or free ice cream. And we go hang out in the casino for a bit and maybe play a few slots. And Oh, absolutely. I used to love that. You know, uh, the place that I worked, I get paid once a week. And you do. You take it down to the casino. Yeah. I used to go to, to Boomtown, which I live down in that area, south end of the Strip. It's now the Silverton. Okay. And uh, you walk in there and you, you go to the back and there's a, a line normally on Friday afternoon. And there's all these people and they'd give you, you know, a roll of quarters or, or something to come in and cash your check there. Because in their view, they got you in the casino with money. Yep. And anything, so there was a competition with the different casinos where we'll cash your check for you, your payroll check. We'll give you a little something for coming in and you're going to have a, you know, handful of, of cash and good luck getting to the parking lot without <laughs> dropping some of that in, in some of our receptacles of out there that yep. spin and make noise. And, and There's definitely lots of temptations. I mean, they even have bowling alleys. They've got movie theaters and all these casinos. There's something for everybody, really. Oh, they're amazing. They really are. When we lived there, the, the Sunset uh, Station, the station casinos were just starting to get big. And what the station casinos did that I thought were, was just ingenious was they, they put a kid zone in them. So it's basically a, a daycare, but it's a high-end, well-maintained, well-appointed daycare that all of my kids loved to go to. They would want to go to the casino. <laughs> you know, Zach and... Jocelyn and Marie and not so much Marie because Marie wasn't down there. And Adam, when he came down, you know, the little kids, because they had everything you could imagine, you know, for the time, the video games and, and movies and everything to play. I briefly in. remember this. I, I'm pretty sure that at one point in time, I watched the movie Hercules in that place. But it was great. You, you know, you go to the casino and, and you just take your kids and your kids loved it. It wasn't like, you know, you're leaving them in the car. Oh yeah, it was great. You know, I mean, that they was, had this that was huge my dad's thing. Place, play place. You could go and climb on and do different things. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of different toys, like you said, video games. Which right, and they had a huge staff. I was obsessed with. Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot of people. It was really cool. Yeah, so you know, they do a lot of things to get the the local people in there. The station casinos at the time were considered more of a local place. Yes, yeah, they still are. So I just noticed the other day that they took over the Palm. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, the Palm is a station casino, which the Palm, if you go back, what, five, seven years ago, was the hot new casino, 10 <laughs> years ago or whatever. That's where, you know, all of the celebrities were going because it was just off the strip, you know, down the street from the Rio. And, you know, the Palm was the place to be. 
I have a feeling that changes quite frequently throughout the years. Oh, I'm sure it does. Oh, yeah. It's constantly changing. Probably every year. Uh, there's a, a, a newer place, well, for newer for me, it's been there probably the last couple of years. I've been in Vegas, um, or last couple of times I've been in Vegas. Um, it's called Container Park, right? Uh, the, uh, I believe it's s- is it south of Fremont Street or east? Uh, it's east. east it's of east Fremont of Fremont Street. Street. Yes. And, uh, it, it was really, it's really awesome. I mean, they have some great restaurants, um, you know, a couple different bars, like you said, I mean, even a place for the kids, you know, a big play structure that, you know, after 10 o'clock actually becomes an adult play structure yes. that you have to be 21. Have you, have you played some of those games, the uh, interactive ones? Yes, absolutely. I went crazy and you know, we had <laughs> a, like a whole bunch of other adults come over and it was like, we were all kids again. Was I was amazing. watching some show and I don't remember what it was, but it was set in Vegas and they had multiple scenes at that uh, container park. You know, and I've not gone out there. I haven't That's been to so Vegas cool. for a while. You got to check out Pinche Tacos. Yeah, you told me about that. Oh, incredible tacos. They press out the masa balls onto the uh, the hot grill, you know, and I mean, they're making their, their tortillas fresh to order. Uh, I don't I don't see it. I, I mean, I know places that make fresh tortillas, but are they making them to order? You know, every single time someone orders three tacos, they're throwing three masa balls on, on the on the grill. It's pretty cool. Well, yeah, absolutely. And and that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier when I was saying, do you enjoy being in Vegas? Because that container park is not going to be anywhere else. Right. You have to have the tourists there. Maybe maybe Portland or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it would be open for a year and a half and it would close down. Right. There'd be a lot but of yeah, it's a very end up going there and smoking. It's a very unique experience for uh, for Vegas in particular. I feel like, but there's there's but they've al- got the Burning Man culture down there, and I feel like that fits that part of it. Well, they're constantly inventing things. You know, I remember when we lived there, the MGM Grand back behind it had a little amusement park. Oh yeah, that place was awesome, and nobody went because <laughs> we would go in there and there wouldn't be hardly anybody there yeah and, and they maybe had, that's why it was so awesome <laughs> well exactly but there they had a river raft kind of a big tube ride that you would go through and there were little waves and it would splash on you just a little bit and we'd always go and you know our bathing suits and t-shirts and that kind of stuff and wander around this place and it, like i said it was great it was so much fun you know, you could get a margarita in there. You could get a beer in there. You know, it's a little different than Disneyland. Yeah. But we would go, and what most people didn't know is when you come to the end of it, and there's a little straight stretch and then a bend, and it was maybe, I don't know, about 75 or 100 feet that you'd float nice and quietly and then get out. Well, right there, there were water bombs. So you put in a quarter, and you push the button, and this stream of water would shoot straight up in the air. Yeah. And come down right in the middle. Just rain on you. Of this little river that you're on. And so you've got people going through in, you know, really nice clothes. And (laughs) they think it's just great. Let's just go on this little Little rafting thing. Oh, this is fantastic. We would go and there was five or six of the water bomb stations. Yeah. And so we would go with rolls of quarters. (laughs) Because it was fun to go on it. it. You know, it would be hot. So you'd cool off. So you you know you you'd go through and that was that was a good time from our perspective because obviously we're a little thirsty so absolutely are gracias mi amigo okay so uh, but the 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 most fun was was sitting there with those water bombs and you had to know the timing that when the raft got to this particular point this one would go off and oh, this yeah. one 
and there would be people standing around watching this and we'd put quarters in and we'd start shooting it and oh this is fun and they'd put quarters in and they'd shoot too early or too late and they're like no 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 we're gonna hook you up with your timing here (laughs) and so it was so much fun we would be sitting standing there and bombing these people and you get some guy coming (laughs) through in a suit oh so great and it's a lot of water i mean these things were probably like a five inch tube so it wasn't just like a squirt gun it was you know it was a gallon a gallon and a half of water that went up and turned and came back down and landed right in the middle of their raft i used to love that (laughs) i would too Oh, you ruined some people's days with that. I mean, there you see the look on some people's faces after they got wet and just. You know, well, and then and they realize that okay, I'm sitting You're in this like, raft. I'm in a raft ride. Okay, like, I really can't happen? get mad. <laughs> you know, I I got Initial on this. Reaction I got on that. this thing, so yeah. I can't really blame anybody for doing it. But nobody, you know, you wouldn't know unless you paid attention that these things even existed. Yeah, no, for sure. So there was always that. That was fun. Had a great day there one day with. Uh, Jimmy Buffett was playing at MGM. And so the whole place was taken over with parrot heads. <laughs> so it was thousands of parrot heads walking around. And it was just. Do you think they had enough rum? Apparently they did because it was open all day. Wow. It's impressive. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's little things like that, you know, that uh, used to be on the strip. It's been long gone now, but wet and wild which was a water park. And there was a lazy river there that you could go and, and play. And there were, there's just so many attractions over the years. And of course, Las Vegas has always been the city that reinvents itself every 20 minutes. So there's not a lot of nostalgia in the town, you know, where it's let's tear this down and, and build a new one with doing the DJ. Where, where do you normally DJ? What kind of events do you? Uh, I do bars. Um, uh, last, Last week, I did a eighth grade formal dance at one of the middle schools. Very nice. <laughs> Giving back to the kids. Classy. Giving back to the kids. You got to love that. Oh, we do. We do weddings too, of course. I've got a, a wedding coming up here in a couple months that I'm getting ready for. The occasional classy as fuck party. Oh, yes. That, that's in here in Arizona, actually. Yeah. Flagstaff. Yep. Flagstaff. It's the annual uh, classy as fuck party. You can say <laughs> that now because it's happened... Twice. Two years in a row now, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's yeah. always a lot of fun. Is there a third? I have no idea. Okay, I hope so. I can't answer that one. I missed the second. wasn't okay. <laughs> so the types of, of music, when you go to these different events, you know, obviously, you know, in eighth grade. They want me to play a bunch of music that I can't play. Okay. <laughs> okay. So so the faculty is telling you or the, or the superintendent of whatever is telling you what you can and can't do. I just try to keep it keep it clean when you play in schools and yeah, um, it's, it, yeah, uh, it's I would not think. the way you put it to me. You you put it to me as you are the lame DJ <laughs> at an eighth grade party <laughs> that's refusing the request. Absolutely, yes. I think every DJ was the lame DJ. Well, I doesn't, think you'd have to be. Doesn't matter. You're trying to get you're, you're there for the money. You're not there to make you know eighth graders happy. Well, you are there to make them happy, and I still made them happy. I, I right. felt like, but. Uh, but there are just there are just some songs that you can't play for a, a middle school audience. And, oh, there's uh, some stuff out there that <laughs> I don't want anybody to play for me. Wednesday night I went out to Wagner to Wagner to kind of scout a location. Actually, next week we're going to be at Wagner doing a, a live remote live remote podcast from uh, one of the basketball hubs yeah. in this country, Wagner Elementary. Yeah, 
And so there's, I don't know if, if next week there's going to be any NBA players out there with everything that's going on with the playoffs and stuff, but who knows what kind of players are going to show up. But you know, not very many. It'll be pretty amazing. Yet. Yeah, I'm sure. But there was a song playing that, you know, you can't play basketball without having a soundtrack apparently now. Oh yeah. So, uh, and there were a couple songs that they played that I'm just like, I wasn't old enough to hear. <laughs> So yeah. I can imagine there's a pretty good list probably that the eighth graders shouldn't hear. Oh, yeah. But yet they knew about them, so obviously they've heard them. You know, the one thing that surprised me was uh, there's some classics that, that they love that I I was surprised that they even knew. Yeah, there was one you said that, that stood out that a young girl started screaming about when you turned on. Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. Man, <laughs> do you know that one, Dad? Beastie oh, I'm boys? sure I do. Oh, yeah, I know who the Beastie Boys are. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, sure. here's, okay, music is, I've always loved music, and I've loved a lot of different types of music, and then there's some music that I just can't stand. Yeah. But I find it interesting, uh, the movie that just came out that you just went and saw. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Well, one of the- Volume two. But, right. But just want to make it Both clear. of them, the soundtrack is not new music. No. Nope, it's Not classic. even close. And yeah. it's- Everybody loves the soundtrack. It's like, whoop, you know, this is just amazing music. So there's so much that if you go back and listen to that is just fun. I mean, it's, there's been great music for a long time. Yeah. I remember listening to the records I bought my father as, listened to him as he was ruining them, uh, were, <laughs> were all of the big band sound and how amazing that was. You know, I just watched the show the other day. One of my groups that I love is the Beach Boys. Yeah. And the Harmony. And oh, the, I love the Beach Boys. The the visionary that Brian Wilson, you know, was at the time. And the Eagles. I love the Eagles and their harmonies and the things that they could do. I'd like to see a you know, a group of people, Hotel California come on and a group of people not just like turn around and just be like, Whoa, what's going on? Right. I mean there's there's so much fun music. When, and you know, they throw it in soundtracks of movies at times and I you know, hear the song, I'm like, Oh, I haven't heard that in years. And it's just fun, you know? So anybody that's, you know, some of the new stuff, okay, I'm an old guy, and yes, some of the new music <laughs> kind of annoys me. I've never been a fan of rap. Yeah. But I wasn't a fan of, of the hair bands, I think. You know, they're basically three-chord music. There was no complexity to the music at all. It's three chords and yelling. The hair bands? Screamo? What are you talking about? I think well, it's no, the hair. The 80s, like, oh, the 80s hair, hair bands. bands. Okay. And then there was the boy bands and yeah, I don't think anything but teenage girls like the boy bands. Well, I like some of their songs because see, that's the thing I like. I'll listen to it. There's a reason why some of these pop songs are popular. <laughs> You'll listen to them and they'll just get stuck in your head. I know they're catchy, you know, it just, yeah, I haven't met a person that hasn't once recited a Taylor Swift song, you know, <laughs> every once in a while. Yeah. Okay. Throw it out there. Uh, I remember one day, I, I don't remember what song Zach was listening to, but he talked about the guitar in this song. And I'm like, the guitar in this song? Are you kidding me? Okay, we're going right now to the record store. <laughs> I'll show you guitar. Because I'm going to get you something that you're going to have to listen to. And then we went down to the store and I bought Frampton Live. And I said, now listen to that guitar. Because Frampton, Peter Frampton could play. And Frampton Live is, to me, a classic. I had... The album, I had the CD. I think I even had the tape at one point. I'm not sure I've listened to this. Well, you're going to. I am now. You're going to soon. We'll see. Now, Tor, was, did you know that Tor is is a guitar player? 
No, I didn't know that. He had taken lessons. From Peter Frampton? Uh, <laughs> close. I believe from one of the people that was rated in the top 100 guitarists of all time uh, by Rolling Stones yes. magazine. Yeah, Bill Harkle Road. He, uh, he does some pretty... A lot of me- times music bores him now i almost feel like he he does very like experimental type jazz now because he keeps wanting to push himself further and further into something that challenges him okay well yeah i can totally understand that yeah you know it's it's got to be frustrating if you're a musician and every time you go somewhere all they want is to hear your hits yep and uh you know the the lick there's only so many times you can play a lick before right. you get bored of it. Now, I must ask, you know who Peter Frampton is, right? Yes. Okay, so good. So I'm off the hook there. <laughs> the musician knows who I'm talking about. Okay. I've, I've, but I will say, just following up on Tor being a guitar player, I haven't heard much, but what I have heard, he, you know. I actually haven't, I haven't sat down and really touched it in years now i realized the years. other day well, we do have a guitar in the corner i notice and <laughs> actually some on the walls as well so probably not during this podcast but at some point we may uh we may get a recording of that yeah we're, we're gonna get something that we can play and <laughs> we might if nothing a, else didn't just to embarrass the hell out of him absolutely throw it at the end of a podcast <laughs> okay so one of the things that occurred to me the other day when we were talking about this podcast and some of the uh, things we were going to talk about was the fact that, you know, you do DJ at some of the dance clubs and there's, there's no songs being played. There's just beats basically, or the techno version of a song that they throw it's, in it's something. Called, that, it's called a remix. Yeah, okay. I, there's a pretty, there's a pretty strong techno underground in Vegas. I'm learning. Okay. So, okay, so remixing all of these songs. There you go. And I'm sorry I wasn't... I'm just, I'm just looking out for you. I wasn't <laughs> up on that. But just looking out for you. Moving on. The experience is totally different than... And granted, you know, you've got to go back 45 years to, to when I was going out to places to dance and clubs. And it was a, a different experience because, in fact, there would be, a you know, people sitting around and they'd, a song would come on and you would go over and ask a girl to dance and... Hopefully she said yes. So you go and dance, and through that three and a half to four minute song, uh, you kind of scoped each other out. And when the song ended, okay, she might turn away, go back to where she was sitting. You might turn away, go back to where you were sitting. Or if you both stand there, it's like let's dance again, contact. Okay, but now there's no breaks in the song, right? It's a constant. It's a constant beat. It's a constant beat. If if if. I feel like if it if it stops, I've I've been part of. I mean, it's a different perspective. No, it's true. You, you as a DJ, you don't want to, you don't want silence. You don't want to break. You want to continue some sort of flow. Right. Okay. So then, then at that point, you're just going out to dance. And I've been told because I did a little bit of research on this, not having experienced this myself. So you go out onto the dance floor and you just start moving around. And if you spot a girl that you want to dance with, you kind of mosey over and bump up against her. Try to make some eye contact. (laughs) Eye contact. You know, does she, does she look at you for a couple seconds and then, Oh, Oh, she did. I think she did. All right. Well now we're going to take a couple steps closer. So then you're throwing your moves out and, and you know, you're 
you're doing these different things trying to get contact. But so initially you're going out because, you know, back in, in, in my day, the only people that could go out same sex were girls. You know, there would be a table of girls and a song would come on. They go, oh, my God, we love this song. And they go running out and they could dance with each other. Well, if you put four guys out there dancing with each other, it's you'd get beat up. Yeah. Okay. It just it didn't work unless you're in the right kind of club. And there weren't many of those. Right. It's a where I was from. So days. so you have this situation where, okay, now you're out with three or four of your buddies dancing with them looking for girls. Is am I am I tracking this Basically, right? Basically, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you get mainly it's the same thing. The girls are going to start dancing first, and then you, maybe you get the one or two guys that's brave enough to get out on the dance floor and just start strutting his stuff. And hopefully, again, gets the eye of the girl, you know, as you're going going closer, making your move, whatever you're trying to do. Now, the thing, though, that, that kills you is when the DJ drops just like a completely different beat and you just got to change things up and it just makes things a little bit awkward. You know, you got to you, you got <laughs> to figure out what you're doing at that point. So that's why, you know, so Tor is the DJ in these situations. Are, are you conscious of this? Do you watch the floor and what people are doing and, and their involvement? Or are you just going to do what you're going to do and they can do whatever they want? I feel like you, to give a good performance, you have to watch the crowd and how it is because it changes every night. One night you can come in and, uh, you know, house music is, is what everyone's digging and dancing to. And, you know, it's a certain age group or, uh, or something like that. And then the next night, all of a sudden, everyone's a lot younger and they want to hear something completely different. And that happens a lot. So you, you, you just, at least in my personal experience, you kind of poke around at a few different genres before you actually settle into one, at least for temporarily, unless the crowd changes further okay, on well, again. Because it think can. That, it I can think, change throughout a night. I think that that's similar to what it used to be. You know, you, you, somebody would play a song and, you know, it, it may be a song that nobody is interested in. So, yeah, checking that genre and, and seeing what people jump up to. And then there's one song would come on and all of a sudden everybody's going crazy and yelling and screaming. It kind of tells you maybe that's what they want to hear. Yeah, there there are times where I, I do make sets and I stick to the sets at least for a while uh, because I, I know it's going to work in that circumstance. But even then, you still have to be flexible to a degree with it because if if you put on a song and everyone just stops dancing and goes and sits down, that doesn't make you feel good. I mean, right. your job is to be the... No, I think the manager you. starts walking in your direction. <laughs> yeah, you start packing your stuff up at that point. Uh, you know, I was going to ask you, have you ever had any one of those moments where it's just like this awkward transition into a different song? Oh, yeah. It's like no, the, people don't know where to go, <laughs> what they're doing. Are no, we walking back? Are we still dancing? There are times where you'll where you'll miss, uh, you'll be, miss beat matching them by a little bit by accident. And your volume will be up and people will hear the drums, you know, completely off sync and will jeer at you for fun. And, and, you know, you just have to laugh up there. You just have to laugh at it and, uh, and fix your mistake. Basically (laughs) kind of do the Jordan shrug and just like, all right, man, I just laugh at myself. You're doing it ironically. (laughs) Just seeing if you guys are paying attention. Okay. One last thing I want to ask about this is when I, when I go out in that kind of situation or, or around a crowd, I'm a people watcher. I love watching 
and yes. seeing the interaction of people. That's that's one of my my favorite parts of the night is is just to watch different stories unfold and you kind of make them up in your head a little bit because oh, yeah, you can't hear what you're part. saying. Yeah. <laughs> Because you can do, yeah, you're doing the soundtrack for any movie that's out in front of you. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, I you just, you, you watch some guy making a move on a girl and she doesn't want any of it. And yep. so he's standing out there dancing and he <laughs> lost his train of thought. And now he's, you know, it's just embarrassing. And there's a, there's one club out there, Excess at the, uh, the win, uh, that I used to do, um, pyro for I they had flame units there and I worked for a company that had a contract one year with them and uh, when we actually did the shows we were up on the roof and so you have a view down below of everybody and that that is how you keep yourself entertained at night is you just sit up there and you know you hit your cues and you take breaks and you just watch what's unfolding underneath you in this like massive chaos especially oh, yeah. on on like pool nights where you don't even, if I took a picture, you wouldn't even realize there was a pool there because there's so many people in it. Wow. <laughs> well, that would, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. And you know, then you've got to get a microphone there so you can, you know, Hey, red shirt, go sit down. You know, she said, no, you could do a lot of well, fun you, things. You just that. watch security go around and, and they've got signals where they will flash people with their flashlights if they're doing something wrong. And that alerts, all the other security to them. And if they don't stop what they're doing, you just watch them, you know, get the massive security, just envelop them and uh, take care of the problem. (laughs) You know, it's, that's really cool concept. I've, I went to a uh, um, Chipotle all managers conference uh, in Vegas and uh, it was down by the New York, New York. There was a huge wave pool. I mean, it's not just a pool. I think this is a wave pool. Um, There's one at Mandalay Bay. With a beach. It it possibly could be the Mandalay Bay one. Um, And uh, it has a huge stage just right in the center of it. And just we we had our kind of our after party there. Um, But I could, you know, they didn't let us get in the water. But I could just see some sort of crazy techno rave going on in that place. Just being insane and so much fun with waves crashing over you and... Uh, I mean, dangerous, but, but, but fun. <laughs> well, there are so many great venues, you know, and, and again, going back to what we started talking about, the, the Vegas and, and all the things that it affords you, you know, all the different opportunities because it is unique. It's a, a very unique place. I don't think there's really anything like it anywhere. So yeah. I think that we're going to wind this down. We're kind of at the end of this episode. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a shame. I feel like we just got going here. Got our stride. <laughs> well, okay. Now this happen. this has been this has been the theme of of our podcast is we have it's very loose when we start and we just start talking about things. Uh, we've had different guests that have gone in with uh, you know I don't know what I'm going to say. Different expectations. And it's just hey, it's a conversation. That's what we do. So there's always more to talk about, which is good because there's always more podcasts. Yeah. I almost feel like this is the same feeling I get when I go and DJ is you don't really know what to expect in the night. You don't know what's going to unfold, but you just kind of say, okay, I'm going to go do this and you have fun with it. Well, and the great thing is listening to yourself, you know, and you can listen back and go, oh, why did I say that? (laughs) Well, I really nailed that. I got, that was funny. I was good. I was this, I was that. So, but it's fun. And that's why we, we love having guests because we want to share this. Uh, plus, it also increases our listeners yeah. because now you'll be listening <laughs> ah. and the people that you know will be listening 
And so, so our goal is to just have everyone. Our, our goal is one day to be in double digits for this. Okay. Yeah. You know, we'll I mean, any, any, any one podcast getting, you know, at, at least double digits downloads is an exciting plateau for us. So we're <laughs> we just appreciate all you listeners out reaching there. for the stars. We are. Absolutely. So Tor, appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you so much. It's, it's, it's just such a strange name hearing you call me that because that's, that's something that ev- anyone who met me before high school or calls me and everyone since then has called me Trevor. And I'm known as uh, Trevor the Red when I DJ. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I kind of wanted, you know, before we go, I do want to, where did Tor come from? I, Tor, I would like for him to tell you that because I tell this story actually just to people in general. It's an interesting <laughs> story. My my parents, I think, I'm kind of remembering this loosely. It's a, it's a little vague at this point, but they had a couple names that they wanted to name me, Trevor and Tor being one of them. And uh, they felt like, Trevor would be a more normal name, so uh, so they they also had a little bit of a disagreement on what to call me. So they named me Tor, they named me Trevor, and called me Tor. So uh, so if I got older and wanted a more normal name and not like something that you know some hippies or something would would name their kids, that I could have it. Or it's uh, like a Norse god. <laughs> well, I was I was wondering if maybe at some point it was misspelled and it started out as Thor. Well, Thor is actually uh, one of the old spellings of Thor. Thor actually came from it. His, wow. He is okay. His his family is Norse. Actually, uh, they they celebrated uh, the solstices every single year. I remember going over and being extremely upset with Thor. <laughs> because he would have his presents opened about a week before Christmas. And that was because they celebrated solstice. Okay. Winter solstice. It was, so, it was a little yeah. bit of a combination because, you well, know, I, my parents didn't want me to miss out on almost the fun of Christmas that all the other children had. So they kind of combined some of the non-religious elements of uh, of Christmas with uh, solstice. You know, I can totally understand that because it, it appears that they wanted to give you choices. So you could do the solstice, or you could do Christmas. You could do Tor, or you could do Trevor. Yeah, it's just uh, did they you were very did they undecisive? Did they offer you two different dinners each <laughs> night? You can have no. meatloaf, or you can have a hamburger. <laughs> that is one thing that no, I got. Oh, what so I, it just yep. was limited to to names and holidays. Okay, yeah. uh, well that's they they did you know they did like me to make choices. That is one that is definitely an element. Now that you mentioned that, that okay. I grew up with. Yeah, there you All go. All right. Yeah, I remember that in old neighborhood. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. it's pretty bizarre. <laughs> so, okay. Well, uh, thanks again, Trevor Tor the <laughs> Red. Trevor the Red. Yeah. I think it's Tor the Red. Yeah. It should be. <laughs> it's true name. Or Tread. Oh, anyway. We're going to move on. So, <laughs> thanks again for, for being with us, and, and we're going to call it a night. All right. All right. Well, uh, what was are the good ones, the good ones of today Point them out to me so I can come and join their reign We'll walk around this land with open hands Looking for change, we'll want to understand It's progression we have at hand Humanity is killing wheat, for this we will not stand I say let's progress in good contest Make conference then love our best Our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high Crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines Our love that makes no sense We who spend love at no expense We are a force of passion Creating a new faction Taking action, working hard Just for the satisfaction
others want to fight Because our light is in their eyes Ladies and gentlemen, we are the skies Don't remain mystified by their lies And trust us, for we will teach you how to be true Teach you how to speak the truth, but we stand here We listen to you, no longer hinder For love is the spark and we are its tender We are the good ones, the good ones of today We're 